Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Movie Films with Bill and Steve. Um, Bill. And I'm Steve. That was a terrible Jason Statham impersonation. I, uh, here's I was, a better one. You fucking wanker! You that's, slag! That's pretty. That's pretty good. That's 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 Jason. I hope he says that to Dwayne Johnson. Dwayne Johnson's like, <laughs> I'm gonna kick your ass. And Jason Statham says, Fuck you, you wanker! And then like jumps on him. Perfect. And then hits him with a car repeatedly. <laughs> and then takes off his really expensive suit jacket and complains about it being wet. And yes. then has some five thousand dollars. Five thousand dollars. Uh well before we jump into our topic this week of Jason Statham, uh let's just get into a little casual discussion of how are we doing? How are you doing, Steve? I'm doing pretty great. Um by the time our listeners hear this episode, it will be the end of the uh, Shrine Circus in Pittsburgh, in which I have been performing as the Amazing Spider-Man, taking on the evil Victor Von Doom. Cool. Um, so, uh, currently it's prior to that, because we, we aren't a live show, um, so I'm preparing for that uh, right after we get done recording, going to go to the gym for a few hours and get really, get really tight. Get jacked. Get jacked. Jack. Suck some dick, you know, get that protein. Well, well yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, um, <laughs> I like the narrative of this. So, Doom, let me get this straight. Doom uh, left from... Okay, here's the story. Doom is starting to expand the his, the nation of Laveria. Okay. And has decided that Pittsburgh is the best place to start. Okay. Um, and then Spider-Man has... It just so happens to be in Pittsburgh at the same time because he was invited to come to the circus. Also, Mary Jane has family in Pittsburgh, little-known fact. That's good. And in my in my universe, Peter and Mary Jane are still married and happy. <laughs> um, so that that's the continuity we're using for this. <laughs> just to oh, be... I, I thought I thought Doom just wanted to get back to his gypsy roots, so he thought I'd go check out some carnies. Oh, that would have been so fucking great. That would have been way better. Uh, but yeah, it's it's actually a, you should. It's a fun it's a fun show about uh, Doom being a bully and it teaches kids that they should stand up to bullies. Um, telling adults staying a monarch and loved by He's also a genius and a humanitarian. Yeah, so what's that telling kids? I agree. Huh? Jeez. Steve, you're part of a I think cruel. I think there should have been an even larger villain and Doom and Spider Man team up and stop it. That's right. Galactus shows up. Fucking Spider Man Galact- Doom stop it. No, Reed Richards shows up, that evil piece of shit. No, Tony Stark shows up, that evil piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I mean either one, but mostly Tony Stark. Mostly Tony Stark. Whenever Tony Stark Marvel needs a villain, a hero villain, it's Tony Stark. Well, time for time for someone to put the blame on the villains. Who's going to kick this off? Uh, Tony can do it. <laughs> Let's just throw it to Tony. Catch this, Tony. Guys, I'm really tired of catching this ball. Shut up. <laughs> Catch this ball again, Tony. Oh, what, are you, what, 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 what am I going to have to do this week? Oh, uh, you're going to kill Captain America again. What? And uh, you're going to rape someone. Why is this happening? If these people at the Phoenix Force are doing good things for people? Uh, I can't have that. Can't have that. <laughs> I'm Tony Stark, motherfuckers. Some woman wrote to me because Nitra blew up her school. So I have to start this whole civil war because of this one woman's letter. Well, to be fair in civil war, uh, as stupid as that is, my favorite part of civil war is in issue three. Because uh, up until that point, Captain America is being completely reasonable. Like, they pull guns on him first, he doesn't like the idea, no one's talking to him. He's a renegade, and I accept it. Issue 3, Cap shows up with a huge fucking army of all the superheroes. Tony shows up with his guys, and Tony deactivates his armor, walks up to Cap and says, Hey man, let's stop fighting. This is stupid. How about if we just sit down and talk about this, work out a compromise, 
and you know that way everyone can be happy and there's no reason to fight and uh usually captain america would be like yes that's the correct way to do things because that's the that's logical that's smart and i'm a good person instead civil war went made cap go nah fuck you bro and deactivate his armor and uh then everyone that died afterward is cap's fault yeah civil war was terrible sounds like it the whole story was terrible but it was a kind of a cool idea can't wait for that movie that's totally based off the comic books. 100% accurate, I'm sure. 100% accurate. Perfect. Well, how about you, Bill? What have you been up to? Uh, WrestleMania was this past Sunday. Um, everyone is touting it as being the best ever. Uh, I th Eric Fedora said this, and I will quote him on it. Uh, you were expecting a 3, got a 7, so you're calling it a 10. <laughs> that's actually that's, pretty, that's that's a pretty good that's quote, yeah. That's how I describe WrestleMania 31. I uh, I was one of the few people that was right off the bat going, yeah, this was very okay. Mm -hmm. There's some good matches. There's some things that were pretty stupid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they filled that they filled that stadium with seventy like seventy eight thousand people. So, no, oh, hey, bodes, good for them. I guess it bodes well, I guess, for next year where they have to fill that stadium in Texas. I think that holds one hundred and five hundred ten thousand people. Holy shit! Yeah, I know. <laughs> oh, good luck. And it's an indoor stadium too, so that'll be interesting. That sounds terrible. Well, no, I, I, it's, I don't know. I, I forget the name of the field. I think it's AT and T's. It's the one that also has that ginormous like jumbotron in it. How do you stand in line for your seats at, when there's that many people? Hey, you know, you get there early. I mean, they have, they have to manage it for football games and stuff, so it can't be much different for WrestleMania. Yeah, I guess, but Jesus, you just have more people sitting on the field. Yeah, that's where they that's where they get those number that number bump from. Yeah, you're right. But um, I just someone was talking about like George Strait had a concert there and filled and sold it out, one hundred five thousand people. So, mm -hmm. so so a country music artist can do it. I'm sure WrestleMania can manage it. So that's interesting. Um, I right, quick 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 review. I went and saw the film It Follows. Okay. I highly recommend it. Anybody, it should still be in theaters because now it's it, now it's getting more of a wide release now. Um, we kind of bitch about horror movies a lot. But this is a really good one. I keep um, hearing good things from it's, multiple It's great. People, You'd so. love it. it it's, if I had the, the, the resources, it's the kind of horror movie I'd make. Mm -hmm. it's, it's slow, dark, and dreary, and builds tension. It has a, a phenomenal synth, synth, uh, synth soundtrack that I really hope someone releases on vinyl because I don't own it. Nice. So that's what I want to do. Uh, this week is a short week for me cause at work. So Easter coming up, Fur uh, Furious 7, Fast and the Furious 7, Fast and the Furious... Tokyo Drift 7, Too Fast, Furious 5 comes out. This is a good title. Good, great title. Vin Diesel's Oscar-winning film. It comes out this week. I, I'm catching up. I, I, uh, I watched uh, Fast 5 last week. That was great. I'm going to watch Fast and Furious 6 probably tomorrow or sometime soon. Nice. So, yeah. So is it Fast 5 and then Fast and Furious 6 and then Furious 7? I think it's oh this is great. Um, it is Fury yeah Furious Seven. Cause it was Fast Five, Fast and Fast and the Furious Six, and then Fat and then now it's Furious Seven. So is this going to be and eight, the next one? <laughs> no, I'll go back to Fast and the Furious Eight. It, it, even if they do that, I know. Um, I too Fast, Too Furious Four. <laughs> Four uh, eight Fast. <laughs> Seven wasn't fast enough. Um, or seven was fast enough for the eight nine. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know uh, about what they're doing. Because I think Paramount wanted to do, like, five more movies after the sixth one. Yeah. But since Paul Walker uh, passed away. I well, I mean, I mean, they are still going to be making more, so I'm just curious to see how they handle Paul Walker's character. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'll be, I'll have to wait and see Furious 7, because apparently they cover that, and apparently it's really, really good. Yeah, I so hope I'm, I, that... I'm most interested in that, seeing how they cover that. A part of me hopes that it's, like, the most horrible thing. You know, in, in a film... Like, in one scene, of... it's him... And then they CGI his face onto his brother's face, and then the next scene, it's just his brother, and he's just like, "Oh, I got some surgery." And then his Maybe. brother plays his character be, for the rest of the series. That's really funny if that's the way they go. I feel like in a series about cars and car accidents, as grim as it would be to replicate real life, that, that seems like an easy out for a character. Yeah. Just rewrite the script where his car flies off a cliff or explodes or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's in the car. Let's go to the car. <laughs> oh, no. Who killed him? Jason Statham killed him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but that'll be interesting. We'll see how that goes. Uh, in the meantime, we got some news. We got some super news. Super news. I wouldn't call it super news. I'd call it okay news. Yeah, it's kind of okay news. Uh, the uh, upcoming vacation sequel. Uh, not a reboot, it is a sequel uh, that was slated to come out in October. got pushed to a more appropriate July 31st release date. That's fair. Uh, this is the one that, of course, has uh, Ed Helms playing um, Rusty Griswold. Yes. And I love Ed Helms. Yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I hope this is his big kind of boom. I feel like he's been really relegated to television comedy stuff and has not really had I guess, oh, I guess the Hangover movies, but that's that's an ensemble. I think this is a good, yeah. good chance for him to have a, a solo yes. breakout performance. Although, my gut tells me this film won't do very well. Hopefully it does. But also it's a comedy, so it'll be cheap, so it'll be fine, I'm sure. I don't know if it's going to be the big smash hit that, they, that they, the studio might expect it to be. Yeah, it's not going to be a smash hit. They're probably they're making it, and they're expecting Vacation One and Christmas Vacation, and I think they're gonna get more like Vegas Vacation numbers, Maybe. which is fine because Vegas Vacation did fine. I like Vegas Vacation too. I feel like people really yeah. d- dog that movie. I mean, it's no, it's no European Vacation, Jesus Christ. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, I'm interested to see where they go with this. I, don't, I hope it's not um, re- too rehashy. It has it feels like it also has that feeling like it could really into territories that the first the first several films have already gone in mm-hmm. and such but yeah you know rusty griswold's taking his family out on a vacation and how let's see how well he'll do i hope he goes to, to hawaii he'll just drive there get the old get the old truck family truckster if he doesn't go to hawaii i'm calling bullshit yeah i just didn't see like, where they go this time around and it's russ has always wanted to go to hawaii where else would he take his family as an adult? Oh, they're going to go to Wally World. Hello. Oh, during Christmas. During Christmas. <laughs> in Europe. In Europe. It's the European style. It's European land. We'll just combine and okay, Wally we're, World. We're, we're going to write our movie right now. They're going to Wally World in Europe. And oh. while they're there, during Christmas, Rusty goes to a casino and Nearby. gambles all his money away while his wife falls in love with cousin eddie boom <laughs> i'm glad we could come together on that perfect i thought i thought she'd just bang wayne newton again i don't oh yeah that's that's a good one too okay just so yeah we'll, we'll have to see how it turns out i there's no trailer out for it yet but i will uh, remain open-minded about vegas that. vacation is worth it simply for wayne newton creepily giving a lock of his hair to a woman I just like, yeah, the whole Wayne Newton subplot's really funny, and then they, like, crash into his house with, like, the tourist people. Yeah. 
and stuff, and yet somehow don't get arrested. So that's always good. Yeah. And that one casino with like the the weird games like War and Guess the Number. And... Uh, War is a real game. In real casinos. It's oh. terrible. But yeah. I, can, I believe it, but it's better than Guess the Number. Guess yeah. the Number is the really like, goofy one. It shoots and ladders. <laughs> I wish that was a game at the casino. That would be awesome. Uh, Go Fish should be played at the casino. Oh, uh, I, I believe that would happen. Why is your hand so big? Uh, I don't have any twos. You have the whole deck. <laughs> you have the whole deck. Well, the book says... The book says... <laughs> Who wrote the book? The, the casino. casino. <laughs> <laughs> oh... But let's get down to business. Uh, Disney is making the live-action Milan next on their slate of remaking their animated library. Interesting choice, because they were sticking with much more, like, classic Disney titles. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, with the whole Snowbite-type deal, and then uh, Maleficent, Cinderella. All the classics, so I would have expected... And they're also doing Dumbo, apparently? Or is that stuck in development hell now? Uh, Operation Dumbo Drop came out in the 90s. You're right. Sorry. Bam. Drop that. <laughs> um, I don't know, honestly. Um, I haven't heard anything about Dumbo. I didn't even know it was next until news broke about Mulan being the next. And I didn't... Did you see Cinderella at all? No. Okay, I mean, so I'm a Disney this... freak. I just haven't seen it because it's exactly the same as the cartoon. That, that's what I was heard. Like, like, Gus Gus and everything. And I was like, oh, so I have no interest in... I have no need to see that. At least Maleficent was totally different. I mean, it was an okay film. Like, I personally liked it, but it wasn't groundbreaking or anything. But at least it was different. You know, there's yeah. a reason for it to exist. So yeah, with Mulan, I'm interested if it's going to be like a the exact same thing, or you know, making Mulan live action doesn't really seem any interesting at all to me. No, because like we have we already have movies like that that come out of China every year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Unless and un- here's the two options that I feel that they have: either they have to completely like straight up get an Asian action cinema director to do it. In mm-hmm. which, why not just watch Asian action cinema right now? Like yeah, what, Like Hero or 13 Blades or any of those fucking like ancient Chinese style war movies. Mm-hmm. Or they aren't going to do that and it's going to be very American and it's going to miss the whole fucking point of what it should be anyway. Yeah, that's that's really how I feel about it. Uh, I think that's all, right? That film right there, that's, that's it. It's just like, when it's animated, it has its own, it can do its own thing and everything. But when you put it into live action, it's like there's already a whole... Like genre of films like that. Yeah. So you're not doing anything interesting, except I guess I don't know. I don't want to be generalizing, generalizing or pre-hating on it, but otherwise it's just like we're gonna Disney whitewash it. You know, people it can become mainstream and people will see it because it has the Disney name on it. Uh, one of my favorite things to come out of the news though is that uh, people have been petitioning slash fan casting for um, uh, what's the general dude's name? The love interest type deal. I don't remember. If Fawn or something like that. It's been a while since I've seen Mulan. Sorry, guys. Same, same. It has here. Um, but they've been uh, trying to get uh, Yoshi, the guy who plays the current blue Power Ranger and Dino Charge, to be that character. Because he's okay. an Asian dude who's, like, ripped as shit. Uh-huh. And I just appreciate that, like, a blue Power Ranger is getting mainstream attention just for a moment again. That's really funny. <laughs> uh, clearly, it should be Jackie Chan. So he can sing the, uh, Make a Man Out of You, just like he did oh my in God. the original film. <laughs> I'm glad I, I'm breaking Steve here. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, if, yeah, for those you don't know, in the uh, the Chinese release of Mulan, Jackie Chan song, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Yeah. And there's a music video where he's just like, just doing stunts with a with a, with a a spear. Yes. 
and that's what he does during it. Oh yeah, and I forget the Jungle Book is also coming out, but that's not necessarily. There's been live action versions of that. Yeah, that's happened before. Off. That's just a newer version of. Yeah, and apparently there's two versions of that coming out too. Oh, and then there's yeah, I guess I guess. Um, okay, I guess maybe I might be confused. Maybe maybe Mulan's not next. I guess it's going to be either Beauty and the Beast and Jungle Book. Mm-hmm. Oh, Tim. That's right. Tim Burton's directing Dumbo. Yep. I should, I should probably read this article a bit more. <laughs> right and now. Then, then, then all of our answers are right in front of us. Uh, yeah, so I guess we have Beauty Beasts, Beauty and the Beast starring Emma Watson and Dan Stevens. The Jungle oh, Book Oh, starring... they need to get Ron Perlman. Oh, I, I agree. I to- Actually, it'd be really cool if Beauty and the Beast was a continuation of the show. Yeah. And they got Linda Hamilton and Ron Perlman. That'd be fucking awesome. That, that would be so fucking rad. Um, the Jungle Book starring Bill Murray and directed by Jon Favreau. That's interesting. Yep. Uh, and then Dumbo, directed by Tom Burton. And I'm sure, I'm sure <laughs> this article is pretty funny because it's like I wouldn't put it past them, and uh, if in four years we'll get an announcement for a live action Frozen. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's probably gonna happen. Yeah, make that make another billion dollars. You're welcome. Uh, so Transformers, we love Transformers, uh, especially the fourth one. Uh, is apparently they're looking to turn it into a Marvel-style cinematic universe. Now, when Bill first told me this, my immediate reaction was, there already is a Transformers uh, universe. It's called the Transformers universe. Uh, it's huge, it's vast, it's got a bunch of fucking aliens, it's got a bunch of fucking uh, mythology and shit that Michael Bay never got into, which is fine. I'm not knocking the movies for that reason. But, like, it's already this huge, gigantic universe, so if you're going to make more movies taking place elsewhere in the Transformers universe. You're just making spin-off movies that take place in the same universe, which isn't a new thing, or even specifically a Marvel thing. So I'm really concerned that the producers are all like, oh, we're doing a Marvel version of this. Mm-hmm. I just don't, don't get it. Yeah, apparently they're uh, looking at um, Akiva Goldsman to write it, mm-hmm. which I think people are just kind of shitting on him because um, he happened to have, he wrote uh, Batman and Robin. But he also is an Oscar winner, so mm-hmm. for other for other things, <laughs> he's had one slip up in which that could have been. Yeah, I don't I don't know how the script for Batman and Robin changed or anything like that. But anyways, but yeah, they're looking at him to start doing that. They want to look into doing how to do more sequels and spinoffs of the series. Uh, sure, I will have a Cup uh, spinoff movie about his <laughs> days back in the wars. Fuck yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be really right. Get John Goodman back to play Cup. Yeah, John Goodman as Cup was the best part of Transformers Four. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, man, there's a lot of good things about. Oh, I did story. also like uh, uh, the the uh, samurai. I forget the name because the character's uh, name. Drift. Yeah, Drift. I forgot the name because. Ken Watanabe. Drift is nothing like that in the like the comics or the show. But he is in Transformers animated. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why they did it that way. Yeah, Drift. Drift. I think in the new IDW books, Drift has taken. I, I know. I know it's been like re- before the movie. Drift has been p- picking up a lot of samurai stuff. Yeah, maybe it's uh, more so in the recent comics. Yeah, but I that's why the recent why IDW was... stuff did, and then the Transformers animated series did it as well. Must have been to a lesser extent because I don't remember him being that samurai up, and I loved animated. Yeah. I, I think it's later. I think it's like maybe season two or three. Maybe whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, regardless. Uh, but yeah, I enjoyed Drift a lot. And yeah. John Goodman is Cup. Yeah, that was great casting. But I don't know. We're like the two few people that didn't think Transformers Four was the worst of those films. It was so. objectively the best. It was. It was the best. I walked out of there thinking, man, I'd watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. I can't say that about any of the other films. Uh, I still have a huge soft spot for two, and I'll stand by that. 
Yeah, I will never, I will never argue objectively that it's a great film, but I still get chills every single time Optimus rips off a face in that film, and I always turn into <laughs> a kid when he becomes Jet Prime at the end. Yeah, give me your face. Uh, it's like, it's a give me your face, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I, I, Optimus! I love Optimus Prime. Optimus, I surrender. You're too too late, motherfucker. <laughs> As he blows off Senator Prime's face. Murderous, murderous Prime is the best thing to come out of those movies. You fucking wanker. I wish the Transformers movie, the original one, had Prime pull up. Megatron, one shall stand, one shall fall. Now let's fuck. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah. Murder Prime is probably my favorite version of Optimus Prime. Yep. Thank movies. <laughs> I, I look forward to maybe another year or two. We'll get the next, the fifth film, and we'll get him in space killing aliens. I can't wait to see him kill more things. These aliens are attacking me. And then subtitles, we surrender, we surrender. Time to fuck them up. <laughs> Optimus, why are you doing this? Don't date Hispanics. Whoa, Optimus. Whoa. He's getting really racist. Oh, my God. That's a callback to classic uh, racist, racist, racist prime. Uh, so, uh, Arrow star uh, Stephen Ammo lands uh, the Casey Jones role in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Uh, cool. Maybe Now, as long as they can keep him on for the third and fourth movie, not just drop him for one sequel and then bring him back. <laughs> no, I think Casey Jones should be totally fucking missing in the following... No! No, Casey Jones was missing already in this movie. That's true. So now Casey will be in the next two films. But it's not like this movie introduced him, then they forgot about him for a movie and no. then brought him back. Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, that's a big pet, pet, pet peeve. So um, long as no. they get the Casey Jones, Raphael bromance down, I'll be happy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that... that uh, I, I knew it was inevitable they'd bring Casey Jones back, or at least I hope they would. Now, I, now if they can bring back bring in uh, Bebop and Rocksteady, I'd be really happy. That apparently keeps getting stated. Rachel, oh, good. Because yeah. I know Rachel will be really happy, too. Those are her, her two favorite characters from the cartoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess for me, I, Casey Jones... I, forget, I apologize for forgetting the actor's name from the first... Uh, film. Yeah, I always forget his the name, too, but he's great. The, 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 the 90 film. Uh, he's my favorite part of that movie. Yes. So, this whole, like, bringing him back, while I will still maintain that this is not for me, it's for kids, it'll have a big shoes to fill and trying to, like... When it comes to Casey. It comes to Casey Jones, for sure. Everything else is fine about the film. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought. I know people really shit on that film. I think we've talked about this before, personally, you know, probably off the podcast, but I don't know why people shat on that movie so much. It was perfectly. It was, it was not. A, it's meant for kids. It's meant to keep that brand going for kids. Yes. And it was a perfectly acceptable Turtles movie. Mm-hmm. Shredder was a fucking badass, and it was awesome. Yeah. He's all like, "I'm gonna fight turtles, and I'm gonna have this wicked cool suit, and let's let's fuck." And then they <laughs> fought. I, I the only thing that I didn't like about the uh, Mecha Shredder suit was that a I didn't get to see enough of Shredder himself being a badass martial artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the fact that this regular human dude is beating the shit out of these actually super strong mutants. Yeah. Um, and also, it just looked too much like Super Shredder, except kind of a lamer version of Super Shredder. I mean, because it's not Kevin Nash? Yes. I, if Kevin <laughs> Nash was Mecha Shredder, I would be more okay with it. Uh, maybe he was. I don't know. <laughs> you don't know. Um, he's, too busy, he's too busy being a John Wick. You know what? Um, Here's my uh, opinion of the new turtles movie it has one of my favorite scenes ever in all of the well i don't want to say just live action turtles movies because tmnt was totally a fucking sequel to three 
Mm-hmm. Um, I know that it was kind of meant like as a sequel, semi-sequel to the comics and stuff, but it was totally all about a sequel to the live-action movies with the references that they had. Uh-huh. Uh, but my favorite scene of the entire Turtles movie franchise is Splinter fighting Shredder in the new Turtles movie. It was really rad. It was really rat. <laughs> oh, totally radic- ratical. Well, as your punishment, we are moving on. Uh, Suicide Squad <laughs> set to be uh, set between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice, uh, and they also have cast someone to play Killer Croc. Yes. Uh, that's really rad. Um, I hope that they make Killer Croc like he is in the Arkham games, like this big burly monster. Yes. Not like some dude of a skin condition or something. Like, you know what I mean? Like something like I think the uh, kind of how um, I don't know if you saw the Gotham Knight like animated like um, anthology movie. I haven't. But in, in that, they kind of implied that um, Killer Croc was just some like norm, like really normal dude that just happened to have a skin condition. Mm-hmm. And didn't look monstrous or anything like that. Yeah, and that's I, that's shitty. Yeah, so I hope he's. I I, I like that. I hope they go that because in that they, this will cement these films being so much different than Marvel. It's just like, hey, check out this cool monster dude. Mm-hmm. And also the fact that they'll have Wonder Woman out before Marvel has their female-led movie out. But you know, little things. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they'll have. Um, I apologize for these. This actor's name. Adewale, Adewale Akioye Agabaje? That's good enough. That's uh, A I'm for sure effort. Butchered, a for effort right I'm there. I'm sure I butchered that. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew who this, act, this actor is. I think I saw a photo of him recently. Yeah, yeah. He's always in a lot of cool stuff. Oh, wait. Oh, it's... um, it's uh, um, Why am I blanking? Shit. He was in Oz. He uh, played out of BC. Oh, okay. Oz. Okay. Cool. I'm really excited. Now, everyone's going to know him from Lost. I know him from as out of BC from Oz. So I'm really excited. He's a really cool actor. I, I hope he... Or rather, I hope... I I, I try to say here. I'm glad for him that he's going to get to be in a major like starring role in a movie. Mm-hmm. So that's really good for him. Especially like a big thing like that. So cool. Good on him. Good on and him. And other stuff. They also cast Scott Eastwood, who's... um. Clint Eastwood's son, and the boxer uh, Raymond. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not gonna I'm, I'm uh, Olu Bowale. I think I got that right, but they haven't said who they are gonna play yet. Interesting. So, I'm sure people. Are, I don't I don't know. I haven't. I didn't try to look at comments on these news articles. I don't know if people are shitting on DC and Warner Bros. more for casting more people or what. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what the internet's opinion is because I stopped listening to them because it's all oh, Marvel, 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 Marvel. Well, you know, you just see things and you know, like I was just curious if you'd seen. Anything. No, yeah, it, I, I've it's been good because they're trying to establish their universe. Time to cast everybody you can. Yep. Get them all in those roles. Yep. Establish things. You know, get on it. Agreed. So cool. They're doing uh, great with so establishing. Really looking forward to uh, seeing Suicide Squad. Yes. So I think that's going to be out in two years? It's coming out the summer that Batman v Superman's coming out. Okay, so, so I guess next year. Yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah, and there's a rumor um, that there will be a trailer for that during Mad Max Fury Road. For Batman Superman? Yeah. Ooh. Well, I mean, I was going to see Mad Max anyway. So. Oh, I know. And it's really funny. A lot of people are saying, like, oh, man, I guess I'll have to see this movie now. And I just had to question, like, uh, you, what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you just want to see it anyways? Because it's fucking awesome. You're not, I man. You're not going to see many practical effects like that in movies. Yeah. 
of actual cars doing stuff. I mean, yeah, they had to composite the shots, but all those cars are actually blowing up and crashing. All the cars actually doing shit are actual cars doing shit. Yeah, I mean, the only other films that do that are like the Fast and the Furious films. Mm-hmm. No one else is doing that kind of stuff anymore. So good on them. Um, other short bit of news as we wrap up, get, get closer to wrapping up the news here. Uh, Hugh Jackman uh, is hinting, you can kind of interpret it, that he'll be playing Wolverine one last time. Yeah. Uh, it's just, I... I'm just not sure if I can take it earnestly at face value like a lot of people are because he was originally saying that he was probably going to be done with Wolverine very soon um, and then he saw date when Days of Future Past came out, he outright said that that movie completely re- rejuvenated him and he has been saying countless times that he wants to play Wolverine until like he's an old fucking man. Like yeah. he just wants to keep at it, you know, he loves the character and the movie was so good in his eyes, I guess, um, that he just wants to keep fucking doing it now. And, you know, Wolverine was basically confirmed for Apocalypse, although a smaller role, but he's confirmed for it. And now he's saying Wolverine for the last time uh, in regards to the Wolverine 3, or the Wolverine 2, the third Wolverine movie. Basically like Rambo. No, this one has to be Wolverine 2 First Blood. You're right. No, it has to be First Blood Part 2, Wolverine 2, Tokyo Drift. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect title. Uh, so yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll um, see what that means exactly and see if this is his last movie or if it just means the last Wolverine movie. Well, with Hugh Jackman, that is. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's, uh, as I said, straight up just means he's no longer Wolverine after this movie in which who knows what the fuck's going to happen in the Apocalypse film. Hey, where's Logan? Oh, he's gone. He's busy. He's with the B-team in Europe. Yeah, he teleported to one of the other like seven teams he's on right now. Perfect. So, there's that. Cool. I have anything to say about it. I don't really... I, 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 like I mentioned before, I haven't seen like the last two X-Men-related films. So. <coughs> I didn't see Days of Future Past. I didn't see Wolverine. So. Well, like I keep saying, the Wolverine was fine, but needless. Uh, which is okay. Yeah. And then Days of Future Past was good, but not as good as First Class. And resets everything the First Class set out to do. So. Woohoo! Uh, on today, this lovely day of April 1st, uh, April Fool's Day, haha, jokes, um, Deadpool confirms it's R rating with a hilarious video. It has a little fake interview between Ryan Reynolds and, uh, another guy <laughs> who I should know, apparently. He looks familiar, but... Oh, uh, he was Slater in Saved by the Bell. Okay. And I, that... Mario... Uh... Mario Van Peebles. <laughs> Perfect. Mario Lopez, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Mario Lopez. Cool. cool. Uh, My, the, uh, yeah, uh, it was the video, basically, of Mario Lopez. It's a fake interview of Mario Lopez and Ryan Reynolds talking about how Deadpool's family-friendly PG-13, and then Ryan Reynolds in the Deadpool suit, live-action suit, uh, hits Mario Lopez in the head, saying that, no, it's going to be R-rated. Yeah. I need to see more if, like, man, I, I have to see this. I feel like every time I see that suit, even if it's in this video, it looks fake to me. Mm. Like, it looks CG because of the face. Yes. Like, how they're handling the face just makes the whole thing look weird. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I'm sure when the actual finished film, it might look better. But, like, that one first shot of him laying on the bearskin rug just looked like a computer. It looked like a computer game. Mm-hmm. It looked like Deadpool the game. It looked like it was an unlockable uh, art thing when he kills somebody. But... So yeah, rated R rated Deadpool, cool. I don't know. I I think I think it needs to be R rated at least for a film, just because the violence. Yeah. 
Yeah. I think it's, I mean, not necessarily, it doesn't have to be R-rated for, like, swearing or anything else like that, but the, like, the amount of violence that's going to happen, especially to Deadpool himself. Oh, yeah, because he has a superhero. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it's very necessary. <laughs> uh, my favorite part of Ron Reynolds and Deadpool today is that he uh, apparently tweeted a clear reference to, like, Evil Dead 2, where mm-hmm. he talked about, in order to keep a PG-13 rating, we made all the blood green. Yeah. Um, which is fantastic. A nice jab at, like, the MPAA of the 80s. Mm. That's all. It's just a little insider thing for me, personally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cool. Well, I think that about wraps up our news, but we have one little quickie before we get into the Jason Statham topic this week. What's this quickie uh, going to be about? It's a quickie about the fact that I sat down and watched <laughs> the 2014 RoboCop film. Oh, I bet you thought that was an excellent film. Uh, No. Oh, really? No. Nope. No, 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 Feels like it doesn't have the satire. Feels like uh, see the CG is terrible in this fucking movie. <laughs> it looked awful. Like the end shot is like his suit coming together. His it looked ugh, gross. Um, the scenes that they're trying to be like dramatic and heartbreaking look laughable. Um, shit. Where I don't know what else. I don't know. I feel like I'm just slinging shit at this thing. Uh, uh, there's some there's some funny parts, but I man. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, I think that's pretty fair. Uh, I enjoyed, like, two scenes in the film, and that was it, and the rest of the movie was pretty shit. Um, and I thought it was fine at times, but there was just too much, and again, it was trying to take itself too seriously and miss out on the satire. I think they made a mistake. I feel, I don't know, I feel like they made, they miss a whole lot of opportunities. Like, so much of what happens, I feel like they could have just redone. Like, it didn't, like, the whole... If you want to introduce Murphy's family and have them know him, I feel like they went about it the wrong way. Yeah. Because then it, it was just like, I was thinking this at the time, and obviously I'm trying to recall it, like how they have him meet his family. Hey, I'm cool Murphy. Then they have to like give him, reduce his dopamine levels so he becomes a robot and stuff. But then he magically just starts recovering everything. You know what would have been a better idea? Cut out like 30 minutes of your film to make it not almost two hours long. And just have him do all that stuff. And then... Just have cut all the family stuff. Just cut to the point where his wife is like, "Where have you been? We've missed you." And then have him slowly start recalling his memories. I mean, you still have the connection. It's still gonna be different than the first film because he's still gonna have his family there and know that he's alive and stuff. Yeah. Not like the first film where it's his recalling of memories is like this huge, troubling, traumatic thing because you never, he never is never gonna be of his family again in that movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And this one's not even necessarily remembering his family. He has his memories. He just can't not act like a robot have the, the the machine controlling his brain right so it's, it's still different enough and they could have had from there have him like change his programming to become like a normal dude and discover that ocp is trying to fuck him over and everything yeah else. i mean that inverse of what was happening to murphy was a good idea that could have been implemented far better yeah um i feel i just feel i mean i don't know it's hard it's hard to remake robocop without just redoing the whole christ story of the first one yeah in a lot of ways but i feel like the whole the whole element of, t- of um, this whole um, 
like loss of yourself and regaining yourself and all this like all the dark torturous things of the first film i feel like are just gone here like yeah and i get i get it because it pg 13 because that's what they made it and i i still don't like him being blown up by a car yeah that was just, lame um it's like hey, i have some drug lords or you're gonna blow up alex murphy because he's just this rogue vigilante he's this rogue vigilante cop they gotta get the bad guy yeah and they turn him into a robot who's a rogue vigilante cop he has to get the bad guy yeah and the bad guy is lame as shit yeah it's some drug dude he is not clarence boddicker he is not kurtwood smith that's for fucking sure he doesn't do anything in the film he's like like he they make it seem like he's a big part of it but he's nothing he gets killed pretty quickly uh and detroit seems like a really nice place it's very clean it's very clean there's no reason for a robocop it's like it's like this is already delta city yeah yeah it is already delta city 2013 Robocops Detroit is just like Christopher Nolan's uh, Gotham. Not at all what the purpose of the city is. Well, at least, at least Nolan's Gotham like looks dark. It has a lot of dark. Like, I mean, I feel o- I feel only in begins does it ever look darker mm. like Gotham. Then in like then in the Dark Knight, it's just Chicago, and then it rises, it's just Pittsburgh. Like it just seems like a really nice place to live, except the mob also kind of operates there. <laughs> like that's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that, that's RoboCop. I think I gave it like a like a two star, two out of five. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, it's not it's not I, absolute I just, dog shit, but it's not. Clara it's not Murphy. Good. I just felt, it was just like I just a whiny woman the entire time. I felt like she, she was like a terrible character. Mm-hmm. Lew, changing Lewis from Nancy Allen to Michael Williams, which I love Michael Williams, but change like just changing a sweet badass you know, woman cop to a, just a guy, mm-hmm. jerk black guy cop. And then, yeah. Michael Keaton, cool. Man, your character makes no sense to me. Nope. Gary Oldman, cool. Your character makes no sense to me. Nope. Joe Kinnaman, man, I I like to think you're a good actor. I'm sure you are in something, but here you're just like a piece of wood. <laughs> so, I don't know. There, there we go. There's Robocop. Uh, that's, there's my reviews of it. Guess what? I didn't like it. Big shocker. Big shock. Big fucking shock. Oh, wait. This movie takes place in 2028. I, I didn't know that. That's according to the description on IMDb. Well, good for them. Wow. That's dumb. <laughs> That's dumb. Cool. Fuck that. Uh, let's go on the real topic today. You guys, we love Jason Statham. We're going to keep talking about Jason Statham films. Where we last left, Jason Statham was in Transporter 2. Yes. Today... We go into two films that are very different for state films. Very um, different. Very different. Not very action films, more uh, films about... Oddly enough, both films are really about the self. Mm-hmm. About ego. I think both films are really about ego in a lot of ways, too. Uh, the first film uh, we'll, we're looking at is the 2005 film London. London, yes. Uh, directed by Hunter, directed and written by Hunter Richards. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Dewey. Let's see how they do here. London is a drug-laden adventure that centers on a party in a New York loft where a young man is trying to win back his ex-girlfriend. That's actually pretty spot on. It leaves out a lot of what makes the movie the movie, but that is the synopsis. Absolutely. <laughs> um, it's really funny because this movie is not really what the trailer sold me because I was like, oh, okay. So I was trying to plan out what we were going to talk about this week, and I didn't know much about London, and I didn't know how big of a part Jason Statham was in it, so I was about thinking I was close to skipping it because then I watched the trailer for it. I'm like, okay, he's in this a lot. The trailer makes it look way more like a like a like a rom com in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, this is wacky. Statham's character is falling for Jessica Biel's character. Oh, I didn't ever. I didn't get to see the trailer. That sounds amazing. Yeah, the, tra- <laughs> the trailer is really badly cut in a lot of ways. 
But um, so yeah, the film's pretty on point. Basically, uh, this is another Chris Chris Evans uh, picture earlier in his career. This is after he saved Kim Basinger. Um, he just got into a relationship. They fell apart, and he actually uh, connected with uh, the villain of the film and became friends. <laughs> right on. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Er- sorry, I guess I was rushing a thought. Early Chris Evans, um, back when he was still before he became what he is now, and he's yeah. For, you know, there's a lot of times I forget how good of an actor Chris Evans is. Yeah, seriously, he's a good fucking actor. Because let's admit, like in the Captain America role and stuff, he doesn't. He's not really stretching his chops. He's not doing a whole lot. Mm-mm. I mean, but he's here, great I mean, at it, but yeah, it's a very straightforward standard. Here, this is some heavy drama. Basically, uh, I guess we'll just sum it up and get our thoughts. Um, Chris Evans plays Sid, who, as we see him in the film, is uh, in a deep, deep fucking depression. Deep depression. Addicted, addicted to drugs, addicted to coke, pie, you know, drinking everything because. Earlier in the film, earlier in his life, uh, he broke up with Jessica Biel's character, who play, play, who is London. So Sid broke, broke oh, sorry, London broke up with Sid, and so the film's basically around, centers on the fact that he finds out she's moving, and because he still can't get over their relationship, he goes to a going away party uh, through a coke transaction with his dealer, having to not being available, he sends one another client, uh, Bateman, played by Jason Statham, and so Sid asked Bateman to go to the party with them because, you know, they you know, hook up like, hey, dude, I'm going to this thing. You want to go? It's basically a, I really don't want to be alone right now. I know we just exactly. met two seconds ago, but let's go together. And a majority of the 90-minute film is basically them in a bathroom in this loft just uh, talking about their relationships and their lives mm-hmm. and how it, between either one, like, what's so fucked up about their relationships and, like, their issues, either depression with anxieties with, with um inadequacies mm-hmm. uh, um, jealousy um, man there's a whole bunch of mess of issues um, but I guess we can just jump right into it uh, Steve what were your general thoughts about this film I fucking love this movie I was not expecting it to be what it was and it was fucking beautiful as a story uh, it was very real it was very harsh where it needed to be I really liked the characters um, at first Jason Statham's hair made me laugh uh, but then it actually fit him perfectly yeah, same here. Like, look at the cover and everything else. I'm like, man, that looks. I can I still can't tell if that's his hair. I don't think it is. I'm pretty. I'm 99 percent sure that's a wig. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. Uh, Statham and, and Chris both whip out amazing acting chops in this film. Oh, oh, absolutely. They blow it out of the fucking water. Um, the flashbacks are fun. Uh, whenever they're telling a story and they flash back to what's happening, it's always shot in a very fun, interesting way. Uh, Statham in the sex dungeon is brilliant i think that's really well shot really it's like really it. well shot uh and it's just it's a really good movie and it's uh it's i wonder what the director's connections to stand-up comedy are because both lewis ck and dane cook have really tiny small weird cameos in the film they do um and uh, they're both great cameos i mean i don't even like dane cook but him in this movie was pretty fun mm. and lewis ck was lewis ck <laughs> as a psychiatrist um but no it was a good flick really good flick uh some good laughs uh it kept my interest the whole time i was kind of glued to the screen as i was just listening to these guys talk about their lives and their thoughts and stuff and it was it was just very well written and a lot of cool interesting direction and cinematography because there were so many shots that were just one static shot of all the characters talking and it never cut 
So there were a lot of long, long takes in the movie, but not in the sense of like, oh, we moved from room to room, it was all one take, uh -huh. just like, oh, we don't need a no. cut because it's just the characters interacting. Yeah, they're in that bathroom. That is like that bathroom, that large bathroom, because these are rich people in this yeah. huge loft apartment. Um, yeah, it's like movie mostly takes place there. Yeah. And just them being in there and Sid's uh, anxiety about going out and talking to London at this party and just what he's going to do about it. And good for them for not ever getting the camera in the mirror, because I was looking. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> true. I Actually, I wasn't. I was just really enthralled with the stories that... Uh, 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 Sid and Bateman were both telling each other. Mm -hmm. um, I guess for me, uh, I'm right there with you. I, from the, the trailer was kind of like I said, made it seem really rom commy, and then the movie is just it's funny. It's kind of dark comedy in a way, but it's just this really harsh, uh, very realistic um, film that's uh, heavy drama. And then yeah, Statham man, because we've been watching many of his films at this point, of course, and obviously we've seen films after this film and everything, but. I've never seen him put in. I don't think I've seen him put in a performance in that's quite this heavy. I agree. I think this is. I think this is his best performance mm -hmm. of his career. Yeah, probably. I mean, well, we might find something another hit, another gem along the way. We haven't seen yeah, we yet. may. Yeah, because there's definitely at least you know five Satham movies on this list coming up that I haven't seen. So yeah, so there still might be some out there, but yeah, as of right now, this is yeah some heavy acting on his part. Uh, the whole. Um, segment where he's talking like where Sid finally gets him to come out about what his issues are like the whole scenes about his um um um, um forget the word uh impotence yes like, whole, his whole like issues there now the man he is like diving head in in the rage yes that he's he's a uh, um, um portraying and like how, how I guess in a realistic way about how like how a man like that can just be torn apart just because he's impotent yeah and stuff like that. And I have to give, uh, you know, and I want to say real quick, I looked, um, this, this is the first film that, that Hunter Richards wrote and the first film he directed. Yes, and yeah, he's only done like one other thing since, which is too bad, because I yeah, really so, like yeah. his style. Yeah, I'm really impressed that this is like his first time out. Um, but uh, I have to say in a lot of ways, there's a lot of parts where I, find, I, think, I think Sid is a piece of shit. Yes. Like, but, it's but it's a way, it's a human way. It's not like he's exactly. it's not one sided. It's the uh, his and London's falling out is a clearly it's both they're both at fault thing, and I like that. What's interesting is how I don't. It's obviously we're going through his stories and what he thinks is important. So I think we're getting a lot of the flashbacks through his point of view. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting because I look at their relationship being a relationship that's solely around sex. Yes, it seems like everything else involved, everything that he always thinks about is them having sex. Yes, and so it's a very sexual relationship. So it makes me think like. Obviously, we don't see a lot of other stuff, so maybe there's something else there, but it's either... We never see, like, any other deep connections between them personally. It's always like, hey, we have sex, mm -hmm. and it's really good sex, apparently, we can see, because they're shot pretty pretty hot. It, it um, could also be because he's focusing on that stuff since he can't stop thinking about a ten-and-a-half-inch cock. <laughs> That's very possible, uh, for um, sure. But no, it, like, yeah, because he is kind of... He is an asshole and a piece of shit that can't... Um, he can't, he can't commit. Yeah, he can't be honest with his feelings because I mean it's clear even the flashbacks that he clearly cares about this girl on Absolutely. more than just a sexual level. You know there is more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, but he the fact that he can't vocalize that and let her know how he feels is what drives her to end up cheating on him, which is also shitty of her. But it's also a case where you understand why she did a shitty thing, and then you also understand why that pisses him off so much and ruins the relationship. Mm -hmm. I agree. But yeah, just like 
you see this character and you kind of hate him for being a douchebag, but you understand that like it's a real character. I mean, there are people like that. He obviously he's know, a flawed like, human being. Yeah, very very absolutely. And like, and it also it's very humanizing because he you you get the sense that he obviously you get, you get pretty realistic. I think a lot of obviously a very good depiction on film of like just the amount of depression he's in, his anxiety issues, mm-hmm. like everything. Like as much as he might have kind of been a douche in this relationship he was truly dependent on it and like after it's over he's just like crumbles yeah and and things like that and uh when you really care about someone and a relationship crumbles i mean it fucking destroys you yeah and which this guy is like i mean it seems like in the film obviously london's handling a lot better than he is but for him it's just like or at least she's covering it up better True. Because there's definitely hints up. of the fact that she's also still not dealing with it. And the only reason why she's avoiding him is not because she's over, but because she doesn't want to fall in love with him again. Mm-hmm. And go through that again. But I think by the end of the film, even though it's rather open-ended whether or not they actually have a relationship after this, um, obviously th- I feel, it feels like in a lot of ways some bridges have been mended. Yes, and if nothing else, bridges have been mended. Um, yeah, so I, I really appreciate it. I don't know how you'll feel about that. I really appreciate the ending and the fact that it doesn't have a normal happy ending where they're like, yeah, I'm going to stay here with you and everything. Nope, I still have to go. To, I'm starting. I'm moving. I'm moving. Yeah. Uh, I was so hoping we- for the cliche he finally says I love you and I got that and I was glad that it did not continue the cliche. You know, I just wanted that much. Yeah, at least like that, that character to come full circle. Yes, he develops. Yeah, exactly. He, yeah. Um, the, uh, the most thing that I hope post uh, the ending of that movie is that Sid and Bateman continue to be friends. Because yeah. I feel that them bonding over a fight at a party can't go away. Um, and also in the long shot of the airport, I kept expecting Sid's car to get, uh, like, towed. Because, like, <laughs> I just saw the car in the background the whole oh. time parked in a clearly illegal space. My uh, cynical brain had kept thinking, okay, this movie's going to end really dark. <laughs> like, Sid's either going to OD at some point or, hey, I love you, kiss you, goodbye, gets in his car... Like, or goes to go around to get in his car, gets, like, hit by a truck yeah. or something, or something that like, smashes into his car, kills him. Yeah. Like, I was, I, for some reason, man, the way this film was going, I just felt like something really bad's gonna happen. <laughs> I, in a lot of ways, I was thankful it didn't. It didn't go full Hollywood, but it didn't also go, like, super dark. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so it kept that good middle ground of realism. I also appreciated that the uh, 17-year-old girl was just uh, faking that she cared about Sid's plate in order to get some free coke, uh, whereas yeah. Mallory, while also getting free coke, also seemed to actually be Sid's friend. Yeah. Um, and I just like that dynamic of, like, getting both versions. Yeah, very true. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of anything other. I think we covered pretty much uh, the gambit of this film. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, it blew away my expectations. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot I didn't like about it. It was, it was <laughs> solid. It hit all the right points. I, I like how there's these, these two guys talking philosophy, talking life, just doing coke in a bathroom, and yeah. Yeah. So what would you rate Good it? times. Oh, man. Um... Probably four and a half out of five. I was going to say it the was, exact same thing. It was very solid. Yeah, four I really and a half out of five. It. Not a perfect film, but really fucking close. Like absolutely. Yeah. As a Statham fan, I really appreciate it just because man, he like we said, his acting is top notch. Yeah, and he got to hurt someone. Absolutely, he definitely got a fight. Which that's the thing. The trailer made it look like he fights like Sid for some reason. And I, I don't know. The trailer's cut really weird. You, I should recommend. I will watch it now. And, uh, yeah, watch yeah, the trailer just, and then actually watch the movie because apparently the trailer is dog shit. Yeah, I, 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 the movie was very different from what I was expecting from the trailer. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to see uh, Statham and Chris Evans get together and do some stuff again. Because mm-hmm. I don't, they haven't really. Done, I think this is the last film they're in together. Uh, hopefully, Jason Statham is the villain in the next Captain America movie. Uh, if they didn't already have Baron Strucker, he could have been a good Baron Strucker. Yeah, that would have been cool. 
because he has the look. He just got to have a monocle and a fancy red glove. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. That would be fucking awesome. All right, so moving on to Revolver. Yes. Yes, another uh, interesting film. Very um, interesting. It's Okay, here's another instance. The trailer is very off. The trailer made this film look like a heist film, like an Ocean's Eleven type movie. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's nothing like that <laughs> and this again i think man we were i and it's funny i just talked about statham's acting in the first film uh as we go into revolver statham's uh dishing it out again holy shit mm-hmm. uh so revolver oh <laughs> this uh the summary is great gambler jake green enters into a game with potentially deadly consequences what <laughs> oh excuse me holy shit um, that's, uh, that's not, that's awful. Yeah. That's nothing that's that film. Uh, this film is about ego. Yeah, it is definitely, it's, uh, that's, the, that's the it. fame is uh, its ego. Yeah, uh, the film opens on quotes, and I don't like films that do that. It opens on a lot of quotes, ends with a lot of quotes. That's a lot of quotes in the, like, interspersed, like, through stuff, and I felt like those were unnecessary, because they say the fucking quotes in the movie. Yeah. That's the one nitpick. Sorry, my own negative. That's my own part. Negative. Uh, I got, I'm trying to describe the film. Basically, Jake Green, played by Jason Statham, gets out of prison. He's been in prison for seven years. Uh, we assume that Orange Leota. <laughs> uh, that's a joke because Ray Leota is very tan in this film. Um, set him up, sent him to jail, mm-hmm. and he gets out. And basically, while he's in jail, he decided it could either 14 years of Gen Pop or tw- seven years in solitary. So he takes seven years in solitary. Between him, his between his, between his cell were two people he never saw. Who apparently one was a chess master, one was a con master, and the film really focused. It, it, obviously, like we always say the same thing. We always say you watch these movies before we talk about them. Early on in the film, I knew the twist. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty easy. It wasn't that well hidden. Yeah, that Andre uh, Andre uh, three thousand, and um, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Andre three thousand and. Uh, Vincent Pastore uh, were the two guys. Yeah, I mean, that was pretty fucking clear. Like, oh, yeah. these two guys that know everything about me, and one was a fucking con artist, and now these two guys are conning me. No shit, I think I know where this is going. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, we're going to jump all over the place because the film kind of does. The film really jumps narrative. all over the place. And when we say the movie's about ego, it really is. It's about Ray Liotta's uh, character's ego and Jason Statham's ego. Mm-hmm. And I know in a way Mark Strong's character, every, everyone's ego is really put to the test here and how it talks about ego and how uh, coming to terms with your ego, uh, like like Ray Liotta's character wants everyone to fear him. Yeah, Ray Liotta in really this movie fucking... Does deliver, for delivers sure. in a big way, yeah. Especially because, like, in more recent years, especially around there and on, like, ever since, like, for a long time now, he's been in the mushlocky shit that just gives a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Which we'll, we'll see soon when we cover um, in the name of a king a dungeon tales a dungeon seed story mm-hmm. where he's just like completely phoning it in there, right? I think it was that one or the sequel, but one of those. Anyways, um, so yeah, he's really doing good here. But yeah, it's about his ego addressing his fear, State, Statham's ego, and how he thinks he is a master con man and a master gambler, master everything, and like him coming to terms that he's not necessarily he's not the best, not the best for sure. And then um, Mark Strong is a hitman, like his ego. In some ways, I, I think it's more or less people attacking his ego and treating him like shit. So he's like his his evolution is more like him asserting himself more. Yes, and Mark Strong and, is my favorite part of this film. Holy shit! I didn't know he was in. This. Me neither. And then he shows up. I didn't recognize him at first. He's got some int- fantastic character ticks of 
fixing his glasses. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, and, and, and again, for those who maybe don't know and just don't care that we're spoiling the movie, he plays a hitman who works for Ray Liotta and um, does some fucking rad shit. Yeah, yeah, he does. Uh, I love it. <laughs> he like murders a uh, like a Chinese drug lord, or Japanese. I didn't quite cover which one it was. Uh, then, at one point, they're gonna some uh, Leota's men are gonna kill a little girl, probably. And he just like, nope. This is where I draw the line. <laughs> this is where I draw the line as a hitman. He fucking murders everybody. Absolutely everybody. <laughs> With like stunning precision, <laughs> and it's fantastic. It was yeah, it was, it was very. Very guy Richie, very well shot. Very, very, very different how he did it. But yeah, Mark Strong is fantastic. But I guess if we want to bring the focus back onto Statham, um, he's a uh, really good, really good character. Mm-hmm. Uh, really good everything. I like his like character's ticks about how he doesn't like. I, 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 it, funny like early on I didn't quite get it, but then they talk about his solitary confinement. Understands why he doesn't like being in elevators yeah. in small spaces because he'd been in a you know solitary confinement for seven years. Mm-hmm. So. Um, all these little things like the whole the whole uh, scene where he comes to term with his ego in the elevator at the end of the film is amazing. Mm-hmm. It's like how he's just like having to act, basically act by himself and just express all these emotions and draw this like almost as almost like he's playing his ego and he's playing Jake Green mm-hmm. and like all these these two um, opposing I don't know forces there. I don't know. I feel like I'm going on on. Uh, Steve, do you have anything you want to say about the film? Or? I didn't really like it. Oh, you did? No, at all. Uh, oh. I didn't like the way it was shot. Uh, I thought the it jumping around as much as it did was a bit too confusing and hard to follow. And there were so many sh- continuous shots of uh, the character and their ego, except it's the exact same shot, so I kept getting confused on which was which from time to time. Um, yeah, I, did, I just I didn't like the movie. Oh, I'm sorry. I kept going on gloating about it, and you had such harsh things to say about. It. No, I didn't harsh. You have very fair things. I'm not saying it's a perfect film. Um, there are some times I felt like they were constantly going over the same thing. Yes. It's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I, get I get it. it. I get the get. Yep, yep. You show us again. You know. So here's the part where I guess we can go negatives. Because um, why I like a lot of the story stuff, I'm not saying I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I like say the that, theme okay. of the film, and I like a lot of the yes. actors of the film, but I just feel that the way it was shown and done is what I don't like about it. That's very fair. I think I would. I think in a lot of ways I'll agree with you on a lot of parts. I don't understand why one segment had to be cell shaded animation. Yeah, yeah, that was, it was weird. Very strange. That was really fucking weird. I mean, maybe that's ego again. Like this is how they see their characters. Mm-hmm. Like in um, this fun video game type deal or whatever. Yeah, like he's like Vincent Pastore's character Zach sees himself as a super huge badass with a giant gun. In some way, I don't um. know. I uh, my favorite part of the film, however, is when Ray Liotta's brain narration says, "Is that a fucking wreath?" And then, not even a millisecond later, he out loud says, "Is that a fucking wreath?" Because yeah. uh, not only is that funny, but I thought that was a really good way to establish that Ray Liotta has no filter on his brain. Yeah, I like that too. Um, like how he's just like with these super high up like mafia lords who are just gonna fucking kill him, mm-hmm. and he's like so scared in a lot of ways because he wants people obviously like we said he wants people to fear him yeah that he's just like trying to be a big, be a big man and then tries to like quickly flip it like no 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 yeah no. yeah uh yeah. no it was fun i liked uh statham donating a bunch of money in his name just to get him into a bad spot with the mafia knowing yeah. that he would take the credit 
Uh-huh. Um, although it was, I was kind of confused on whether Mr. Gold was a real human being or not. You know, it, I thought the big reveal was that was going to be that Jake Green was Mr. Gold. Yes. But they didn't go that route. So okay, so Jake Gold's still. I mean, not Jake, <laughs> Gold, Jake Gold. Uh, Mr. Mr. Gold is still just this super powerful it, dude. At, uh, at maybe, times, I thought that they were kind of hinting that these loan sharks were Mr. Gold, and they just like work multiple angles in order to have more power. True. They also kind of make it seem like. Um, I never quite understood like because they're trying to do the whole like parlor parlor speech where they reveal like how things are being done and i feel like they can't quite tell still so did they kill the lawyer did they kill the people they loaned the money to did they did they or didn't they i'm not yeah it's, and they're trying to make it imply like they didn't do anything it, so this is where this is where i guess like, i sort of saw nate is like i just sometimes the narrative while there's a lot of things i like i said i liked in like the the story how the film handles it and shows it is really yeah it is very confusing mm-hmm. uh, i agree with you on that but I guess in a lot of ways, like just general acting and general themes, I really, I really don't. Yes, that I completely agree on. So that, Statham that, did great. The Oda did great, and like a lot of the other actors did great. Yeah, I just and like strong. Uh, Andre, also, Andre three thousand is just a like deadpan like discussion of how he just talks down, talks to Statham about things and stuff. I thought was really mm-hmm. good. But um, yeah, overall, overall is a is a very okay film. I'm not mad. I watched it. I uh, I like some stuff. It's another take on the list because I I had seen I've seen many of Guy Ritchie's films, but this is one I hadn't. So mm-hmm. it's another, you know, it's just one off that list, I guess. It was very very him, very stylistic in a lot of ways. But I guess as we both agree, it's a very bit confusing in its editing, mm-hmm. and like what we're supposed to be taking from scenes and what we're supposed to be understanding of what's going on. Because by the end of the film, I still confused about some things. Like what what am I what am I looking at? Mm-hmm. Like what's this? Yeah. Why why is Leota just frozen? Like saying fear me, fear me. Like what? So did you just have a mental breakdown almost? Yeah, I, I took that as a mental breakdown, but again, it's not super clear. Yeah, it was a bit odd. Well, I I did really I did really like the scenes where he, he's in his uh, suntan room. Yes. Like just the whole the, actually I, I say some of the best shots of that just like the his bright white teeth and this whole blue <laughs> face. Yes. Yeah, a guy Leota was pretty intimidating and pretty solid, so I really, like I said, really enjoyed him. So I, I guess in the end, I don't know. I think maybe I gave it three and a half stars. Like I thought it was pretty competent in a lot of ways, even if it had some detractions. There's enough things that I still really pretty enjoyed about See, it. Like part of me wants to rate it like two and a half because I didn't like it at all, but mm-hmm. it was shot so well and acted so well, and the themes were done well. Um, I just don't like how it was like edited and how the story was told, so I I I'd give it a three. Okay, so we're we're pretty close on that. That was yeah. I, I I think it's a very fair score. If we're going off that, I'm sure there's some people out there. I mean, I think this on Letterboxd, uh, this film is actually rated pretty high. I think its average is like in the four and a half areas. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's people who are just super enamored of Guy Ritchie, similar to people who are with Terrence Malick's films. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Uh, your mileage might vary. Check it out. You know. So apparently there's a um, I don't know what version's on DVD that I watch. Apparently there's another cut of the film, so I might have to interesting see if that's a thing. Maybe I mean I'm this from what I'm reading, so so maybe 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 there is something else out there if we can check out. Maybe maybe there's something out there that might make the film work a bit better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's uh that's I guess that's our uh, wrap up wrapping up here for our two Statham movies of this this uh, part. Uh, Statham hurts significantly less people. 
It's true, he does. He still hurts yes. people just emotionally. <laughs> well, if they didn't ruin his $5,000 coat. Didn't ruin his $5,000 coat. But we got to see Statham with, with some glorious uh, wigs. Or at least I still assume they're wigs. Because they're wigs, they're really well done. Yeah. Um, and at doing uh, some of the best, best acting, I think we're going to see out of, these film, out of the upcoming films. Unless you count the Crank films, in which case his acting is A+. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck London, actually. I take that back. Crank and Crank 2, uh, best, best Statham one. Uh, yeah, you know what? You're right. London, uh, 0 out of 5, not enough uh, fucking batteries hooked up to his nipples. Uh, Bateman, yeah, in the dungeon, maybe. Oh, yeah, god damn it, you're right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, for a little uh, sneak peek at next time, we'll be watching... Uh, let's see we watch. We're going to be watching Chaos and Crank. Fuck yeah, Crank. Uh, we're not watching the Pink Panther because he has a very tiny, tiny. It's role so small, it's not point. worth it. Yeah, it's, he's uncredited, in fact. So, uh, Chaos and Crank uh, from uh, 2005 and 2006. So, those are our films for next time. And for those keeping track, uh, which apparently a lot of people, because I look at the statistics, the Statham episodes are some of our our highest uh, listened to episodes. So, I like to think that is just Jason Statham continuously well if that's the case i would I, he should uh he should email me email us at <laughs> moviefilmswithvillainsteve.com he can also find us on facebook doing looking up movie films with villain steve and he can also find us on itunes at movie films with villain steve and he can also find me on twitter at lovable bill and also jason you could check out my movies at silverspotlightfilms.com or facebook.com slash silverspotlightfilms also i put up a, a very limited edition VG Spoofs Blu-ray of the complete series. It's just to uh, raise some money to keep the website running for another year, just uh, to give it a, a little old send-off. Uh, I'm only making as many as gets pre-ordered. It's twenty bucks. It's a uh, hour and twenty. It's two hours of uh, material of pre-slasher hunter Steve. If you have any in- interest in that, sounds great. Yeah. Cool. So, so Jason, let, get get in touch with us. And as always. I've been Bill. I've been Steve. And life's too short to be a pussy. (laughs) Thank you, Jason.